I got great news, guys. It's the news update from Game Time Decisions. News, 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 news. Thank you very much, Yang. Yeah, no black cats here. Hey, sports fans, Cam Stewart here with your Sports Grid News and Betting Update. It's time to get on the grid, everybody. We thought this might happen, and it's official today. Cam Newton, his season is over. The Carolina Panthers have placed quarterback Cam Newton on IR, and the 2015 MVP is now done for the season. After missing just three starts in his first seven years in the NFL, Newton has now sat out eight of a last possible 10 games dating back to week 16 of last year. The 30-year-old pivot started just two games this year going 0-2 with a 59.2% completion rate, 562 yards passing, no touchdowns and a pick. Newton still has one year left on his deal with the Panthers. Nick Foles is back at the controls for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jags coach Doug Marone announcing today that Nick Foles will indeed be the starter in week 10. Foles broke his collarbone in the opener, has been cleared to play after an eight-week absence from the team. Gardner Minshew, the stash, yeah, lots of uh, Minshew mania buzz. Uh, It went sour last week as he turned the ball over four times in Houston uh, versus Houston in London, England. He will still back up Foles. Foles signed a four-year, $88 million deal with the Jags in free agency. L.A. Chargers owner Dean Spanos, not a happy guy, strongly denying reports that he would listen if the NFL asked the franchise to relocate to London, England. Spano said the story was quote-unquote a load of crap and insisted the Chargers are staying put. It's total effing BS, Spano's told the report. We're not going to London. We're not going to go anywhere. The Chargers are slated to move into a new $4.5 billion Los Angeles stadium in 2020, a stadium that they will share with the L.A. Rams. Their concerns that New York Jets running back Le'Veon Bell won't be able to play Week 10 against the New York Giants. Bell will have an MRI today on that injured knee while the Jets inked running back Josh Adams from the practice squad, put him on the active roster today. The Jets say they'll have a clearer picture uh, later on in the week. Minnesota wide receiver Adam Thielen unlikely to play Sunday night versus Dallas due to a strained hammy. The 2018 leading receiver on the Vikings first suffered the injury during his only catch back in week seven versus the Detroit Lions. He played just 10 snaps against Kansas City and had to exit the game. Good news for Alabama star quarterback Tua Tugo Viola is expected to play in Bama's huge SEC battle versus LSU on Saturday. Great game. He's still going to be labeled a game-time decision, but now probable. Two games in the NCAA tonight. Tuesday night, Maction, 7 o'clock. Kent State at Toledo. Rockets, minus 6.5, 62.5. 8 o'clock action. We got Ball State and Western Michigan. Broncos, minus 6.5 as well. Total, 64 flat. Another sport in the betting rotation starting today, NCAA hoops. The season has tipped off, and we got great action tonight. The sked is jammed, but here's the best Champions Classic from MSG and NYC with the four top seeds so far in action. We got things going at 7 o'clock. Number three, Kansas, is minus two versus number four, Duke. 151.5 is the total. Best matchup of the night, 9 o'clock. Number one, Michigan State laying three at number two, Kentucky. 140 and a half is the total there. Top 25 finals. Baylor smoking Central Arkansas. 105-61 today. More bad news for the Atlanta Hawks. Forward John Collins suspended 25 games without pay for violating the NBA's anti-drug program. Collins tested positive for growth hormone, releasing peptide 2. In a statement to ESPN, Collins says that he will appeal the punishment, and he says the violation was a result of a contaminated supplement. Collins will have to forfeit $610,582 in salary with the suspension. The 22-year-old earning $2.68 million this season. Uh, Portland Trailblazers big man Zach Collins set to miss four months after he underwent surgery to repair a left labrum today. Huge because they're already without Yusuf Nurkic and Pau Gasol. NBA sked. 
Seven o'clock action. Boston minus six at Cleveland, 215 and a half. Indiana laying three at Charlotte, 212. 730. San Antonio minus six at Atlanta, 221. Eight o'clock action. Lakers minus eight at Chicago, 216 and a half. Orlando at KC. Thunder minus two and a half, 202. Nine o'clock action. Miami and Denver. Nuggets minus four and a half, 211. Busy night on the ice. Things get started at seven o'clock with Carolina at Philly. Flyers minus one, uh, 115, six and a half. Vegas minus 140 at Columbus. Total is six. And the Islanders, they will try to get their win streak to 10 games as they host the Ottawa Senators and the New York Islanders. Big favorites in this one. They're laying 270 with a total of six. We'll go through all the games as the show progresses. I'm Cam Stewart. Gabe Morenci hosts Red Heat and Rage Hour 1. We'll talk to our buddy Mike Blewett. The opening day of NCAA Hoops. Busy basketball card. Busy NHL. We got college football. We got everything. So stay tuned. Hour 1 of Red Heat and Rage on SportsGrid is coming up next. All you have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to you. Game time decisions. All right, let's roll. Game time decisions. Red Heat and Rage has a begun. Get on the grid. I am Renzi. We're throwing it down at the Sports Grid Studios. FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands. Um, we've got college basketball tipping off uh, this evening. We've got uh, the ponies uh, are back, as uh, you can hear. We've got a, a full house uh, here on this uh, Tuesday uh, evening. We've got NBA. We've got NHL. College football going to release uh, their playoff rankings uh, this evening. A lot of stuff uh, going on. The Raging Redhead, Cam Stewart, no doubt, uh, has some action ready to go. What's going on, Cam? Yeah, what's happening, Gabe? Yeah, we got some uh, early action. Uh, didn't get in on the Baylor game. They covered the 26, killing uh, Central Arkansas by like 44. I'm not that much of a degenerate buddy, but you know me. A couple pony plays definitely on the go. And yeah, the update's getting a little bit busier now, Gabe. We got college basketball. You said it, NBA hockey. We got two action games. As you mentioned before, remember a couple weeks ago, I think this is the start of a college football game every single night now. So, hey, we're heading to the holiday season, and that means sports, 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 and more sports. Buddy, we're loaded. That's that's a good point, actually. Uh, starting, I guess uh, you're right, beginning tonight um, with this Tuesday uh, Tuesday action, uh, action. in the MAC. There's no turning back. There's games on Wednesday as well. Some more action tomorrow. Miami of Ohio. Thursday night, we have a pretty uh, cool Thursday night game is uh, finally an interesting one uh, with the Chargers and the Raiders, in which the Raiders have uh, exceeded all expectations on the season. Much better football team than I thought they were going to be, especially when you consider how bad their schedule uh, was. True. You know, They didn't play a home game. They played, I think, it was September 15th, and they didn't play at home until uh, November the 3rd. Unbelievable that they're actually four and four, and now you got the Chargers, who have played themselves. The Chargers always do this, right? This is what the Chargers do all the time. They're drama. Two and five, they go on a run, <laughs> and yeah, they they always close strong. The Chargers, so big game. I mean, the Chargers win; they're back to five and five. Um, if the Raiders win, they're above five hundred, and they're in the playoff mix. Uh, suddenly, the Raiders really, really deserve some credit for uh, for how they've handled this. If you look, the two teams that got dealt extremely bad hands when it came to the schedule: the uh, the Oakland Raiders and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The yep. Buccaneers have not dealt with it well. They've unraveled as the season's gone on. Meanwhile, the Raiders and Gruden have done a great job keeping this thing together. 
man, you know, you don't play a home game from September the 15th. Put it this way. If my Buffalo Bills hadn't played at home since September the 15th, I doubt we're 6-2. and two. But the Raiders, it's competitive, like, disadvantage. Now, the only thing is, now they've got through this, the schedule is going to seem easier for them right now. They're going to be staying in the state of California. They're not going to be yep. flying all over the world. Don't forget, they even went to London. So, um, yeah, the Raiders, interesting. Chargers, Raiders. I'm looking forward to this game on Thursday. I'll tell you, Gabe, if the Chargers played like they did uh, against the Green Bay Packers, they look pretty good at minus one. Getting rid of Wizenhunt was a good move. Very creative playbook against uh, the Packers. Lots of end arounds. Very, very good game. It was a good move. All right, Mike Blewett's going to step up and end a little bit uh, later on. We'll jump into this college basketball at the Garden. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Game time decisions. Get on the grid. I am Marenzi. We're throwing it down right here. The countdown is on college uh, basketball. Set to tip off uh, at the Garden. Uh, well, college basketball has tipped off, uh, but the top four teams in the country are at uh, Madison Square Garden uh, this evening. I uh, I like these games. I like the first game for, for betting purposes uh, more. Um, last night... Um, Last night was an adventure. We were here last night doing the game. It was a real adventure uh, getting out of here, as we expected, uh, after the fact. Um, turned into a nightmare, actually, but I believe we're done with the primetime games. Uh, but even if we're not, I'm done with the primetime games. I'll tell you that much. Um, <laughs> uh, but that's another story. But you talk about some bad beats uh, last night. Uh, FanDuel had 78.5 for Amari Cooper. I played it, but Bet365 had 80.5. I played it. So we win one, we lose one. We lose a prop by half a freaking yard. And what really hurt, too, was that, um, was, you know, the game went over because of that late uh, touchdown. But I had it at 48, and I also had it at 46.5. I did an alternate spread uh, here uh, for 46.5. And with that, we lost the teaser. Uh, as well, and Cam, yesterday we, we talked about burying the uh, the New York books, the New York two-step, uh, Giants and uh, Rangers. Well, no, that didn't happen. No, uh, Giants no. and Rangers, oh, <laughs> for two. As the New York, that's what the Rangers will do, dude. You know, they'll win a couple of games you don't expect them to win, and then when they're supposed to win, you know, they, they show up like they did last night. But that, that was embarrassing uh, last night. Tonight is the New York Islanders uh, laying a big price against the Ottawa Senators. And I got to tell you, I don't want to do that. It's just too big of a price. It's too big. I think uh, they're going to win the game. Yeah, but you're right. It's like 270. I might parlay it. There's a couple things that I like in hockey. The difference is the Islanders are a hell of a lot less flaky than the Rangers are. Um, You know, they're on home ice. They've been dominant on home ice, Gabe. Like, so good. They just don't lose. They beat everybody, right? It's just one of those things. And you talk about, like, the way San Jose used to be. Well, going to the islands kind of a weird thing, too. Like, 
It's just, I don't know what it is about. I don't know what it is. These guys, they just come prepared. They roll out four lines and they hurt you. Nobody's special on the team. It's just above average guys that know how to do their damn job and they do it really, really well. So I, I think Islanders, after Ottawa feeling good, young team, I think the Islanders probably beat them five to two, five to three tonight. But you're right. It's a huge price. It's a very big price. College basketball is back. You brought up Baylor. They won 105 to uh, to 61. A uh, bunch of games uh, going on. Uh, we've got a game at 6.30, the Ville and uh, Miami. We're waiting for this Kansas game. You know, we're waiting for this Kansas game. you got to go with what you know. And there's just, remember, guys, it's uh, it's a marathon, as uh, Dave Malinsky would say. May you rest in peace. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. You know, there's a ton of games on the board. Uh, but just think about this. You have... From now until the first Monday night of April to bet on college basketball. <laughs> like, it's going to be That's there. That's true. Uh, it's going to be there. Like, you don't have to bet 22 games today and, oh, I got to get in on this and I got to get in on that. And there's just so many teams in college basketball. It's hard enough to stay on top of things in college football, uh, in which there's 130 teams. College basketball, there's like 324 teams or something, 331, whatever. There's always new new teams that are lined, basically, the Houston Baptists uh, of the world. But there's so many teams. You know, you've got to sort of focus in on a conference or two or teams that you know. And, you know, we all know Kansas basketball. And we all know Duke basketball. Like, a lot of times people will tell you, well, you want to stay away from these big type of games. But for me, I'm looking at that I actually know this big type of game as the Duke Blue Devils basically lost their starting lineup. And yep. I know that Duke reloads. I, I get it. I get it. And they have all these new kids coming in, and they're all studs and stuff. But if you notice, have you heard, like, any hype about one Duke player in the same way that you've heard about Zion Williamson last year? Not even close. Exactly. Have you heard any hype about a Duke player this year, close to R.J. Barrett? Not even close. We haven't heard any hype. That, like They lost Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, and Cam Reddish. Reddish, yep. They lost three NBA lottery picks. All right? Three NBA lottery picks. And that's very, very difficult to replace. And I get it. They, You know, they've got young, good young players, and they got Trey Jones back as well. But that's just too much production to uh, to, to replace, Cam. I'm, I'm going to look it up. I'll get the, uh, the stats from last year. But Will, actually, let me know here. Just even off the top of my head. Look it up. How many points a game did Zion have last year? Did RJ have and did Cam Reddish have last year? I think I think but Zion off the top had of my head, I'll tell you. 20, 26. RJ Barrett. No, RJ Barrett led the ACC in scoring with like 23 points a game. Zion Williamson was like right behind him. I like 21, 22 a game uh, type of thing. And Cam Reddish struggled last year. I think he probably still scored about 10 to 12 points a game uh, on average. So, um, you know, they're replacing, they're replacing 55-plus points uh, a game. You know, that's, it's not easy in college basketball to replace that type of uh, production. No, I, I, I'm and actually... And meanwhile, you've got the Kansas Jayhawks. Jayhawks, yeah. You've got the Jayhawks who, who do have returning production. And Kansas last year, people sort of picked on Kansas a bit last year. And they ended up with a 26-10 and 10 record still. They lost to Auburn in, in the tournament, and Auburn got real hot 
in that tournament. They knocked Kansas off, but Kansas played a lot of young guys last year. And um, they're back. And you know what? They're damn good. This Azabuki dude is a freaking monster, seven-footer. He's going to be a load to deal with. You've got Dotson, who was good last year, but uh, he's going to be even better this year. They have a transfer kid that came over from Iowa, this Moss kid. And I got to tell you, like uh, Kansas are legitimate national championship uh, contenders, and they're just more experienced uh, than the Duke Blue Devils are. Not to mention, Kansas like have owned Duke. Not a lot of teams can say that. But not a lot of teams can say that. But uh, Bill Self, he's won like five in the last six times uh, against the Duke Blue Devils for one uh, reason or another. So. Um, I don't know if you guys can tell. I like Rock Chalk Jayhawk and the Kansas Jayhawks tonight. So do I. I think the Jayhawks are the play. Uh, it's going to take a while, too, even though some of the players on Duke know each other. Going up against an athletic team like Kansas is going to be very, very difficult. Kansas is going to try to run and gun, I think. I think that's the way you attack this blue, uh, blue, Duke, Duke Blue Devil team. And in the other game, Gabe, I'm telling you, like I, I usually probably won't want to take two favorites, but Michigan State and Winston and that team, they're just, you know, they're tough. That's one one thing about Kentucky. They got good players, but Michigan State is kind of like just tough. Kids that can, you know, they, they play any type of style. They get into a street fight with you. I like both favorites, actually, both small favorites. I like Kansas, and I like MSU uh, tonight on the college card so far. And we'll find something else. We'll dig deep into some other small conference games, too. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the, the second game... The second game's a real slugfest. The total is higher in the Duke-Kansas um, game. It was 152. It's come down, understandably so. You wonder what you're going to get from this Duke Blue Devil team. You know, Kansas is going to try to push the pace on these kids. Yet, you know, 152 points, 151 and a half points, getting there isn't easy. Playing on a neutral court at MSG. Yet, yet, you know, in today's day and age, man, these kids can all shoot right away. They they score right away. Uh, you know, I think we could be overreacting a little bit. I'm going to stay away from the total. I wanted to take the over, but I can't get there. I'll, you know, that's what in-game is for, and we're here at FanDuel, so that's what in-game betting is for. We have the opportunity to step up there uh, in-game for the total. The Michigan State game, you're right. You know, they're Michigan State, listen, Michigan State are favored to win a national championship. One thing I'll say about the Spartans, they often start slow. They do. Like there's often times like they play in these big games early, yeah. and they're not as good, and they sort of build up, and you know by the time the tournament comes, Izzo's a hell of a coach. Man, they've got a stacked team. So do Kentucky. Kentucky are more athletic, but Michigan State are smarter. Real uh, intriguing game here tonight at the Garden. All right. Worse. Seton Hall's at 630, Gabe. Mike Blewett. Hall and Wagner. 630. Yeah, Seton Hall on the radar. Mike. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount.
dunk on your NBA DFS competition using DailyRoto.com. Compete with the pros on FanDuel and DraftKings with the DailyRoto.com optimizer and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS. Plus, you get lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and a whole lot more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with the promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com slash DUNK to learn more. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. And remember, guys, follow us on YouTube and Instagram at SportsGridTV. Very much, uh, Cam uh, Stewart, uh, Mike Blewett, uh, ready to step up and in. A lot of NFL uh, news uh, going on. Uh, of course, the uh, New York Giants lost last night. Dallas Cowboys pulled away. Um, in the second half of this uh, football game. And I brought this up. It's a theme. I brought it up earlier this morning that, um, you know, the, the New York Giants coaching staff gets a free pass from the local media in New York Yeah, because Adam Gase is, I don't know, Adam Gase is an easy target. The Jets are a big dumpster fire. But the New York Giants really aren't far behind. And the New York Giants have a lot more talent than the New York Jets do. Like, there's no excuse for the Giants to be this bad, and it clearly falls onto the shoulders of their head coach. Look at last night. They kicked field goals of 21 yards, 25 yards, 26 yards, and 29 yards. You're a 2-6 football team. Like, how about you get a little bit more aggressive in, inside? Like, every play call that they make. I mean, it's like George Costanza is the coach of the Giants. Like, every play call that they make is wrong. Like, when they should run, they throw. When they should throw, they run. Whatever they do is wrong. Let's bring in uh, Mike Blewett. How you doing, Mike? They need to get. They need to hire opposite Pat, just like opposite George. Got things going in the right direction. They need opposite Pat to start getting aggressive inside the ten yard line and have them stop committing penalties. What's up, guys? Stop it, Mike. Well, the checkdowns are just too much. Hmm. They are. The checkdowns are too much. And how much is that? Is is that on Danny uh, Daniel Jones? But thing is, they keep on running these long routes that take forever. He doesn't have any time, and it's inevitable. The same things happens over and over. It's amazing to me too. Like they throw the ball on first down, incomplete. They run the ball on second down, up the middle, so, and then they yeah. force. Like you know how many times, you know how many times Jones like is throwing the ball where everyone knows he has to throw the ball. Like they're just so predictable with what they do. And they're always playing from behind the sticks. Jones turns the ball over way too much. He's got to correct that. But the play calling and the, and the decision making, look, last week or a couple of weeks, two weeks ago, whatever, he, they go forward against Arizona down three with under three minutes left and two timeouts and a two-minute warning down three. They go for it in a very difficult situation in which everybody knew they weren't going to get it. Last night, you're pretty much in the same situation, except you're down 12. There's five and a half minutes left, and they decide to punt the ball away. Like, like I said, Mike, whatever he does is wrong on a weekly basis. The criminal part and it's against not going to get better. The criminal part against Arizona was that he stated after the game that they were going for it no matter what. If you're going for it no matter what, and it's third and 15, you don't call a draw. Period. <laughs> I got draw. You don't call a draw on third and 15 if you know you're going for it. You try to pick up half of it, at least, and then you go on fourth and Good seven. Call. So that him lying, that, the, the biggest problem with Shermer, and I've, I've agreed with everything you've said, he is getting a free pass. And I do think, honestly, particularly if the Giants play some sort of reasonable football for the rest of the way, he's actually going to come back. 
because that's the way the Giants operate. But what's completely frustrating about Pat Shermer in particular to be, being in this New York market all the time is he treats everybody in the room as if he's the smartest one and you're an idiot for asking these types of questions. You don't have the type of resume that allows you to treat people like that, especially when their questions are spot on. You can't call draws on third and 15 when you just told me you were going for it no matter what. Well, it's a good point. And Adam Gase is more combative even and, you know, like, they're both very hard to feel sorry for. I agree. You know what I mean? Like, Hugh Jackson would be like, oh, another loss for Hugh. You know what I mean? You sort of feel for the guy. Yeah. But Adam Gase, he's not a sympathetic figure, and neither is Shermer. And with, with their combativeness, their sort of arrogance that they've accomplished a million things, and they have the right to be that arrogant. Yet, you know, I, I just don't see it. And you see this all the time, guys. You see it all the time, Cam. You get when you have a young star player and a coach is already there, it's not the right guy for him. I mean, look, Freddie Kitchens, we, Freddie Kitchens isn't going to be the coach next year to Cleveland Browns. Oh, no. So I then it's up to the next guy to try to save Baker Mayfield. Um, you, you have Daniel Jones right now. Look at the New York Giants skill position players. How many teams have better skill position players than they do? I Not mean, many. Mike. They haven't had they haven't had everybody, which is part of the issue. No, uh, no. Uh, but so, they still wouldn't know how to use them, even if they did. Yeah, I, I, like they they've misused Saquon Barkley repeatedly. Yeah, like dude, yeah, he's I being wasted. I bet on this. I bet on. I, I, listen, I bet on the passes. Okay, Saquon Barkley, they never threw it to him. It the prop won because of the last drive. Essentially, out of panic, they just kept dumping it off. Yeah. Um, there was nothing designed for Saquon. Nothing. All right, let's run a let's run a little reverse sweep here. Let's get a bubble screen. Let's put him in a wildcat. Let's you know. Let's get him the ball. Look at what Andy yep. Reid does with Tyree Kill. Like it's not rocket science. They, you know what I mean? Like look at college football as well. Like you look yep. at the best teams in football. They're not doing anything fancy. It's all little bubble screens, dump it off, get the ball into your guys in, in open space. space. Yeah. And the and Giants guys, the Giants yeah. run the same plays over and over and over and you're, over again. They so take right forever there. to develop. It doesn't work. And then they run Barkley right up the freaking middle on second and eight when everyone knows that you know they're gonna run the ball. And then he gets stuffed and they're all oh, we're gonna throw the ball now. Like I'm sitting here knowing what's gonna come next with these guys. I'll tell you something, man. When I watched that LA Charger game, Gabe that's why they got rid of Ken Wisenhunt. The first three drives, what did they do? They came out with a double reverse, end around, crazy plays. Like, and they were they, the, the Green Bay Packers didn't know what hit them. Bam, 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 right in their face. And before that, they're already down a couple touchdowns. That's why they got rid of Wisenhunt. They brought in this new kid, and he was rolling the dice like he was at the, the casino playing with house money, and and it worked. Phillip Rivers looked re rejuvenated. It looked very, very good. And um, yeah, and, and and all the players responded. They want you want to do stuff like that, right? Like I, I don't understand why teams keep it so vanilla. Well, there's a million things you can do, and that's why guys like Ken Wisenhunt, good career and all, but if you don't get creative, the party's over. That's why. Uh, that, that's why I, I think the Chargers moving forward are going to like what they see. Well, the and the thing is, you can't say that they're not aggressive because it's you know in a sense like Joe Flacco was right. He said we're two six teams, so are the Giants. Uh, now worse, yeah. but. They do try to throw the ball down the field. They have been aggressive, but the problem is it's not working. 
and they keep doing the same thing over and over and over. You know, I brought it up even last year with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, the Lawson kid on the Bengals said Aaron Rodgers was the easiest quarterback that he played against the sack. And he said not because of Aaron Rodgers, but he said for some reason they kept sending the receivers so deep and it never worked and he never had the time. And, you know, it's like this, oh, that was McCarthy. It's just like this old school mentality of we're not executing. It's not the plays. Like the coaches have to take responsibility a bit. Um, our boy Pete has sent something interesting and Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield has always taken offense to the Johnny Manziel uh, comparisons. He should. And, um, but the thing is, they are the same. Yeah. They really are. I, it doesn't mean it's not right. Give, he listen, should be offended, though. Ba- Baker Mayfield, to his defense, hasn't secretly gone to Vegas under, yeah. like, the nickname Johnny yeah. Vegas or whatever the hell it was, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. He hasn't he hasn't shown up drunk or whatever. Yeah, I like, think he's, he's taking not, this seriously. He, he's, Johnny wasn't taking yeah, it he's seriously. Not a, he's not the he's not the personal mess, but here's the comparison. Baker Mayfield's quarterback rating in his second season, seventy one point three. Johnny Manziel's quarterback rating in his second uh, season, seventy four point four. Uh Johnny Manziel, seven touchdown passes, five interceptions. Baker Mayfield, seven touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Mm. You know, and it's not, all right, it's not that, as you stated, he's got, like, you know, he's got off-field issues, but the physical issues are real. Like, the exact same thing that you see with Manziel, in which he tried to roll out, and it didn't work, um, it's the same thing with Mayfield. Like, how many, like, and Mayfield only has one or two little spin moves. They don't work. He spins right into to a tackle. He's not fast yep. enough to escape, and he's not big enough to stand in the pocket. Too. Johnny Manziel never like, had those weapons. He's got problems. Yeah. He never had No, John, you're right. Before. You're right about that. We, but but Baker's got a legitimate problem, for real. Like, like I said, he can't roll out because they know this. And so now teams are hell-bent on keeping him in the pocket. And he's not big enough. You know what I mean? Like, the people that talk about size and stuff... There's different, like, angles, and he's not fast enough, or, you know, he, he doesn't have that knack to find that clear lane like a Russell Wilson does. Baker Mayfield's in trouble. Like, this kid is not going to be a star quarterback we, in the NFL. We've talked about three different uh, teams, unfortunately, the Browns, the Giants, and the Jets here, that thus far this season have proved that I'm not absolving uh, the quarterback play. I'm certainly not absolving the coaches, and the last people that absolve are the GMs for putting these people in this scenario. But none of them can block particularly last night, that is a really bad matchup for the Giants when you have a team like Dallas that can create pressure with just the front four without having to send blitzes and Jalen Smith and anybody else send the kitchen sink because the Giants are not a good pass-blocking team. At least of the three teams that we've spoken about, they are working towards trying to fix the offensive line. You're right. You're not wrong. Uh, At least they've worked towards (laughs) trying to obtain pieces in Solder and Will Hernandez and Kevin Zeitler. But they're still at least a full offseason away from fixing it for Jones. Baker and Sam Darnold are in a world of hurt. Those offensive lines are putrid. Yeah, Sam Darnold, I think, has a better chance that Baker Mayfield to succeed moving forward, or at least to last, but I never thought much of Sam Darnold to begin with, to be honest. Game Time Decisions continues. 
Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Back to live action, fellas. Mike Blewett uh, with us. College basketball at the Garden uh, this evening. NBA basketball. Man, busy time of the uh, the sports year uh, right now. But college, I haven't really taken too. Uh, I haven't. Um, I haven't dug in uh, too much to the to the NBA card. But uh, we'll get to that in the six o'clock hour. We've got big time college basketball. We've got Mike Blewett uh, with me and Cam. Uh, right now, we're talking about uh, the National Football League. And um, so Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns, they played the Buffalo Bills uh, this week. And, you know, Cleveland opened as two-and-a-half-point favorites, and I thought that was a peculiar number. I mean, they're saying that basically Cleveland and Buffalo on a neutral field are even teams. Yeah. Let's give three points to Cleveland for home field. They're tell- so they're basically telling us this, which... Yeah, I'm, t- I'm going to say they're wrong. Um, I don't like playing desperate teams. The Bills, like, played Philadelphia, who was desperate. Like, you know, now you're going to get these guys that are desperate. But, I, you know, I thought it was a bad number. It came down to two, but it's back up to two and a half uh, right now. Uh, they announced in Jacksonville that Nick Foles will be the starting quarterback when they come back. Um, after the bye, Nick Foles will be the quarterback. Uh, no surprise there. I mean, his Minshew mania was cute, but if the guy didn't have a goofy mustache, nobody would have talked about him. Um, but Cam Newton has been shut down. As um, You know, you wonder how much football Cam Newton has left in him, and you wonder if uh, what the future is for Cam Newton in Carolina. But the young receivers have really responded to Kyle Allen, Mike. As, uh, you know, the Panthers' offense... Has uh, played good football under Kyle Allen. Yeah, uh, and certainly they're in a good position now to you know try to make a run at a playoff spot. I think based on where Cam is at, and I, I think the GM Artie Herney said all the right things uh, in saying that Cam's extremely competitive. We're working towards trying to get him as healthy as possible. But the reality is that the cap hit for them next year will be minimal. The buyout is only $2 million which in what will be the last year of his deal in 2020. If they decide and go on an even better run with Kyle Allen for the rest of the season that he is their capable starting quarterback going forward, they can give him a very easy rookie-type deal and continue to retool the team around him really putting them in almost a better position for a run. We've seen all the struggles that the NFL teams have had with paying quarterbacks top of the market dollars and trying to build around them. Kyle Allen would almost give them a free reset in the middle of a rebuild yep. and still working with Keekley and these weapons uh, around him on the outside. So you really would have to strongly consider that if you're Carolina, especially since it's new ownership and he might want to clean house in his own way. I, I wonder, Cam, though, if Rivera, how much yep. loyalty does Rivera have um, to to Cam Newton? And Rivera is somebody who I kind of thought that was sort of 
not on the hot seat, but under the microscope a bit. Yeah, it's similar. Uh, we've yeah. talked about it. I know, Mike, you know, the, the owner of the, the Carolina Panthers, David very Tepper. aggressive guy, New Jersey, uh, yeah, New Jersey billionaire. You know, he's very aggressive. He's new school. He didn't hire Ron Rivera. You know what I mean? Like, nope. he didn't hire Ron Rivera. He didn't draft Cam Newton. And he's actually been frustrated by the team a little bit since he's, he's taken over. Yet, you know, they're showing something right now. Listen, I like Cam Newton, but there's, there comes a time in which every franchise has to make a decision. Cam Newton would get signed right away, though, too. Yeah. If people thought he was healthy, he could sell tickets. He's a stopgap. Bears. There, there would be a team that would sign yeah. Cam Newton. Yeah, like Good you know, a team would say, you know, he can help Excellent. us win right now, short term. Short, short, short term. Uh, so Carolina's plus five and a half uh, at Green Bay. Warren Sharp tweeted out something interesting about the um, the um, inexperienced quarterbacks and the success that they've had so far this year. And it's, it really has been quite quite a uh, quite a theme so far this year. So look, Carolina five and one with uh, with Kyle Allen. He's uh, he won a game last year too. So he's actually six and one straight up and against the spread. Kyle Allen now. They were zero and two with Cam Newton. Um, Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers um, are four and two without Ben Roethlisberger. The Indianapolis Colts are five and three without Andrew Luck, and uh, the Denver Broncos were two and six. And uh, Brandon Allen comes in and uh, and wins the game. So you know we see we've seen success, we've seen success um, here. It just goes to show these coaches and coordinators, sort of the theme that we talked about earlier. They overthink things, they overcomplicate things. When you get these like rookie quarterbacks in or quarterbacks that haven't started before, even if they're not rookies. They sort of simplify the game plan, and then suddenly the game just becomes easier. Like, I, you know, honestly, like it, it's amazing to me really just how bad. And I know these guys dedicate their life to this stuff, and I'm not saying I know more about football than they do, but the decision-making, uh, Mike, of college football coaches, coordinators and pro coordinators and coaches, you know, it's really bad. It's really, really bad. College is even worse and, you know, it's not the player's fault, man. It's the situation that the player is in. Uh, and I think we see, like, I, I think the pe- the reason people latch to Sean McVay so much is that it was amazing to see a guy, like Jeff Fisher obviously became a punching bag at the end of his uh, head coaching career, and to see somebody step in right away that was, what, 25 years younger than him and have complete command of the locker room, bringing in a, a veteran defensive coordinator and Wade Phillips to help him, and then engineering an offense via play calling that was allowing Todd Gurley to win offensive MVP, that was allowing Jared Goff to flourish, to play a player in whom people had many, many doubts, and he got Jared Goff to a Super Bowl, and within you know 10 minutes or so of potentially winning one. And I think that's why people are jumping on the young coach thing. It's always cyclical, but I think you just have guys that are very good at decision-making. You, know, you and I talked very briefly the other day about Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin is very good at a lot of things. I think he engineers the team well. I think they're obviously playing great defense right now. But you and I talked. He has no idea 
how to successfully challenge a call. They've won one challenge in two years. He made two bad challenges again the other day. In fact, three, because he didn't challenge Jalen Samuels when he could have had a touchdown in the first quarter. So there are gaps even in amongst the good coaches. There are gaps in what they do well, and perhaps some of them are <sighs> – against asking or don't want to ask for help even when they have a blind spot. Does that make sense? And, Mike, I'll tell you, when you're looking at these guys, like look at what Kitchens did, okay? He challenged a play that you knew, even if it gets you like an extra half yard. or like It's stupid. You have to look at the big picture and say, okay, well, it's not going to happen. This challenge is probably not going to work. And what happened at the end of the game? They would add a timeout, more time to come back against Denver instead. Boom. The clock runs out, right? You get the ball back and yeah. you don't have enough time. Like, that's the problem with these coaches, Gabe. Like, you have to understand, man. Like, I look at the good ones. Wow, it's like New England. Bill Belichick still has three timeouts. Our Stooge has one. He pissed one away on a bad bad challenge, took another dumb one because they didn't have a play ready. Like, little things like that are big things at the end of the game. I'm looking going, oh, my God, you can't come back because you because you challenged something stupid. You burn 40 seconds and you piss away a chance to coming back. It's ridiculous. These guys should be all over that stuff. But that's another thing as well that should be getting called out more. And with the National Football League is, you know, this is just stupid. Like, what does it, so what What does it take? Now, Shermer, I criticize him a lot, and rightfully so. Um, now he's 0-6 with his challenges on this uh, yep. pass interference stuff. He's challenged yep. six times this year, and he's lost every time. <laughs> Last night, he was right. It was blatant pass yeah, interference. It was. Like, I, I don't really know. Like, Engram got hit before the ball got there. He's in the end zone. It's yep. a big play. Would have put the ball in the one-yard line. And it's not called. It's it, uh, it's ridiculous. They're not like, going to reverse All them. year in the NFL. Yeah. Like, what is it? One for 29 now or something? Like, yeah, one, whatever be, it is. Yeah, I don't it might know. Be further like, than that, yeah. One. yeah, so it's pointless, though. Like, what? Wh- like, why? Why? Like, why did they go through all this trouble to initiate a rule and then not enforce it. And, and this is why like, I, it, it's it's stupid. And this is why I always yeah. say I, I never blame the refs. This is the league that's engineered this entire disaster. So I can't blame the refs when they're on the phone with the league in the middle of the game. The league saying, ah, you know what? Well, uh, uh, why don't we just not reverse it again? We don't want to make you guys look bad. It's like, you're not going to make them look bad. It looks bad when we're getting it wrong. Not because the ref was wrong in the first place. He's trying to utilize review to help him. We uh, we have the uh, the former uh, head of officiating uh, at, at NFL uh, referees on the morning after, and um, I asked him. I said, "What happens?" And I was fascinated. I said, "By it." I said, "What happens when you're looking at the, the replay and you're talking to them, and they tell you something and you know it's not right, and you've got to go down to the field and bite the bullet and say, no, play stands,' when you know it doesn't stand." I said, like, do they tell you point blank? No, no. Like, Jerry, it doesn't matter. You, you better call this. And, like, you know, can you say to them, guys, it's not that. I'm not saying that. And he basically told me, he said, no. He goes, you can make the call that you want to make. But he goes, you probably won't be around very long if you do that. Yeah, good point. <laughs> like, you know, point blank. Like, it's yeah. a union. Exactly. It is a union. <laughs> Yeah, That's but right. That's right. Yeah, but it's a point that Mike brought up. A lot of times when the ref comes out, 
And we're like, what an idiot, man. It's blatantly a fumble. It's coming from headquarters and their boss. So you can outride them and then whatever. It's sort of like being told, all right, don't say this on the air, and then you go right on the air and say it, right? Yeah, don't talk you politics, right and you, get a, right you go get... on a Trump rant, you know? They don't, they don't want yeah, you yeah. doing and, it. And they have the right to fire you after, right? Yeah. So you can do it, right? You can do it, but then there's ramifications. So, so you're right. I mean, and you'll see, too, when they're mic'd up often, and it's the same thing in the NBA. You'll get it mic'd up where a, uh, an NFL coach will say to the ref, what the hell's going on? And the ref will say, dude... I don't even know what it is anymore. Yeah. I've heard a ref. There's been a couple of mics picked up. They're like, I don't know. He goes, let's just let him tell us. Like, he admits. That's, I don't know. I'm just here. They're just traffic cops. It's, it's a the, good way. Yeah, it's the how the catch rule. That's how the catch rule got at the yeah. end. Yeah. The catch rule got at the end. Yeah. The, the, the refs couldn't possibly know what a catch was and wasn't uh, before the common sense came back to rule. And they don't know if there's ever going to be a pass interference call overturned either. So, you know, I, I'm sort of done with it. If I'm a head coach, I'm not challenging it unless I just have to take a flyer in a critical point at the end of the game. But doing stuff in the first and second quarter, just eat the flag. It, you're not going to get it overturned. They should have they done their research, Mike, and looked at the CFL. It was a gong show. Gabe and I will tell you, they tried to do that stuff, the challenge of the challenge. Like, yeah. It's a nightmare. Like, it didn't work. It made it worse. That's what we're seeing well, right now. Have a challenge of the challenge. Yeah, mm-hmm. the challenge of the challenge is ridiculous. And it was um, so stupid. <laughs> and, you know, but they have to do it in a more timely fashion. The thing That's is, true. in its essence, in essence, the CFL rule works. The first year that they brought it in, it was it was a little chaotic. Basically, they were calling everything. Like coaches were challenging everything and basically finding. They were like, "Look, on the other side of the field, someone got grabbed or tripped," and had nothing to do with the play. But they didn't put it in the letter of the law. They basically stated, "Yeah, that was a penalty over there. We got to change the the, you know, the play." Then in year two and three, the CFL said, listen, unless it's blatant passing, unless it affected the play, we're not going to give it to you. But I'd like to see. I'm going to look it up and see what the uh, the ratio is of, of the CFL. It's like 50-50 at least, though. It it's is. Like, it's not oh, this yes. blatant 9-to-1 like ratio. Yeah, exactly. Thank you very much, Mike Blewett. Have a good one, Mike. That'll be, CFL will be way higher percentage. All right, get on the grid. Sports grid. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Miami, Denver tonight in the association. Uh, although I'm more in a college basketball mood uh, this evening. You know what? Like, uh, man, you have all these, uh, you have all these different games, different leagues uh, going on. You have to be careful, guys. Right? It's you know what's the old saying? Um, Jack of all trades, master of none. Of none. Right? Yes. You know, so it's like, well, I'm just going to sort of skim on this and skim on that and skim there and skim here. 
Well, you end up, uh, you're, you're the one that ends up getting skimmed uh, when it's all said and done. Focus yeah. on a league. Focus on a conference. Focus on a few teams uh, that you, you, you feel that you know uh, pretty well inside out. Uh, because otherwise, like I said, otherwise, you know, you're just really flipping a coin. If you're going to jump in and say, well, I don't really know much about the NBA card tonight, but I'm going to take this, this, and this, and all oh, college basketball's back. Let me get six games in here. I got to bet this. I got to bet that. You can end up uh, getting yourself in trouble. And, guys, you don't want to lose your bankroll um, on the first day of the college basketball season. Like I said, yeah. college basketball is going to be here all the way until about April the 4th or 5th or whatever the first Monday of the month of April is. So you have to show some patience. NBA tonight, kind of a tricky night uh, in the association. Indiana at Charlotte. A lot of home dogs tonight. Like Charlotte's a home dog. Cleveland's a home dog. Atlanta's a home dog. The Bulls are a home dog. And um, Oklahoma City are small favorites over Orlando. And then Denver. So out of the, uh, interesting, out of the six games on the board here tonight, four home dogs in the association tonight, and four home dogs that I don't really want to take for a walk, to be honest, Cam. I don't trust Charlotte. They said, so, you know, they're, I'll give them credit. They're 3-3. Three and three. It's a tough game. They're 4-2 against the spread. Pacers at Charlotte. I don't want any part of that. Uh, Boston at Cleveland. Dude. I don't want to lay six points on the road with the Boston Celtics. You have San Antonio laying five and a half at Atlanta. You know, yeah, they have Trey Young back, but now they lose John yeah. Collins. Collins, exactly. Maybe the Bulls game. That could be the trap door of the night. Lakers minus seven versus your Chicago Bulls. Maybe that's uh, that. People are going to be betting the Lakers. That line looks a little. I, I got to tell you, Cam. I'd rather go running with the Bulls in Spain than bet on the Chicago Bulls. <laughs>